and that is where we find the party. Um, Sai, who has been instrumental in deciphering the direction given through your impromptu Ouija board session, um, is able to, yeah, and with the assistance of everybody in the room. Uh, yeah, the Ouija board session Including the guy we couldn't see. And and you take full credit for that. There, that was not an idea on my part. You just gave me an idea and I ran with it. I love to Ouija. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're a Ouija boo. Wow. It made, it made for a very memorable moment. Oh, um, God, I, yeah. I got so first of all, credit to, Kay- to Kaylee for coming up with Absolutely, it. Absolutely. And yeah. credit to you, Brian, for adding Running in that little touch yes. of the ghost saying... Uh, that he misses his friend. Ah, yeah, that was, yeah. That was great, man. Got me in the heart. Oh, yeah, kind of did me too. Um, So, with all of your help to construct a third ring for this uh, Summer Sun, it's been named, which is is essentially what you would recognize now as just a miniaturized Mithalar. Um, You replace the stone in the center, you add a third ring, Psy takes the time to attune to it, and after he attunes to it, he uses what is the primary function of the device, even though it's it's very complex, which is a control weather spell for anybody who's familiar with the nuances of that, um, and is able to, um, first of all, erase the everlasting night in a radius so far that you don't know how far it extends. If you're not familiar with the control weather spell, which I'll allow a roll, um, then all you know is that it's daytime now. Um, I got, I got the sun comes out and it's immediately warmer. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, 22. 22. Whoa. All right. Oh, like these What the hell? I'm going to roll for kicks because it would be terrible. Don't get used to yeah. it. Oh, mm-hmm. Actually, I have a 19 plus something. I don't know. 19 would probably get you there. So uh, you're going to be so. like, excuse me. And she'll just, she's, and she's going to go change. Yeah. Wearing all this drought craft stuff, looking badass. And it's like, and there's the sun. Going to put on my glowy dress now. Get my glitter, lip, glitter dress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, drow, did you forget your parasol at home? Oh, if, if only that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but the parasol would dissolve in the sunlight. <laughs> but seriously, if you do find a parasol that works like that, let me know. <laughs> uh, so those of you who rolled and were successful on your roll, which is the both of you, know that the effects of the spell are likely limited to like a five-mile radius around you. So a, a good a chunk of, of land. Yeah, a good mm-hmm. chunk of land is now in sunlight um, and immediately feeling warming and less scary, less intimidating, more... You know, inviting. I mean, the, the black cabin's still kind of a creepy-looking spot, but it looks more like this in the illustration where you have some light. It's, you know, there's passing clouds, passing storm clouds, but every once in a while there's a break and you actually see the for-real sun above you and it warms your face and the birds start singing in the forests and just everything feels a little less intimidating. Who starts singing a Disney princess song? Yes, and yeah, the birds flock to you. And like, you guys, you this Sai has to, he doesn't have to, and I forget exactly where he was when he cast this, but uh, normally in with the, the living room, I think. Just yeah, in, normally with the control weather spell, you have to have an uninterrupted view to the sky. There's clearly a hole in the roof. Yeah, there is. Um, There's a lot of holes in the roof. But since Sai, I'll make the the knowledge of Sai the knowledge of the party because I'm assuming he communicated if you he were here. Uh, once he's attuned to it, he knows that by using this device to cast the spell, he does not have to adhere to that. You have to see the sky limitation. He can cast it from indoors if he wants to, and I believe he did. I believe you're right. He cast it from indoors. And so there's probably the temptation, if you guys want to, and maybe you don't, but if you guys want to be involved in it, like, to stumble outside and see what the world looks like without the oppressive night and, win- you know, winter conditions that have been hounding you for the past six-odd-so months. Makati is a lizard. So I'm immediately going to go outside because it, just, just, it, just, it just feels good. Yeah. And I, and, like, you know, like... <laughs> push my sleeves up and I'm kind of just like Ooh. just get on a nearby rock and start preening <laughs> it, it does and even those of you who are inside the cabin out, I lick my eye. <laughs> <laughs> even those of you who are in the cabin like within uh, the areas around the windows or where the, the roof is no longer intact like just the, the warmth of the sunlight is something that invigorates you. you, you feel more alive just having been in it I feel like Una goes outside and like someone has to like Move her head because she's just staring directly into the sun. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't do that. You can come up even in the eclipse. Yeah, we no, don't let her do go. That. Let her go. <laughs> she's seen some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Kusa's head is spinning because now there's a whole slew of different animals that could potentially find us and predators 
that know exactly where we are. Mm-hmm. So he's like, how in the fuck do I cover these tracks? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and Zev's having a, a similar crisis. Yeah. Like, I was kind of getting used to this. The surface was getting, like, the Underdark, and it was okay. Now everything's changed. I mean, it's going back to normal, and that's great. And, <laughs> and it's, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Um, I would like um, nature or survival roles specifically from Makati. And from Kus Bulad. Uh, you may make one for um, Nyantai as well. Ooh. Can I help? Nyantai's much better. I'm distracted no, by the this. sun. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> that would happen, yeah. How does Nyantai do? Nyantai has an 18. Um, so you would know this with your connection with Nyantai. Um, aside from the light, which is the most obvious sensory, sensory input, the smell the smell of like freshly melting snow, um, like the as soon as the light hits the frozen pine trees, you get that hemlocky piney scent. Is it like steamy out? It's starting to get a little steamy. Um, you know the the snow that's built up on the roof, like that starts to like literally steam and melt away. Like the spots where the sunlight coming through the windows is hitting the wooden floor where oh. the snow is piled up. Starting to like melt that a little bit. Makes sense. That's why it's a black cabin because it attracts heat from sunlight and yeah. melts the snow. Okay, mm. that makes a lot more sense all of a sudden. It still does not look very nice in the sunlight. We could burn it down. But I love I love where your head's at because take that leap of logic that Ben just made. It's a black cabin now, like, oh it makes sense. It attracts the light, it attracts the heat. Like everything feels less terrifying because in the light of day everything feels like it has reason and order. And you didn't feel that before. You were in the dark where everything more than 60 feet away from you was mysterious and creepy, and it no longer feels that way. And there was no color either. Yeah. May I make an arcana chart? Is that like a just a normal natural reaction, or is that like, is there an actual, like... Psychological spell component? Like, dispel, like, have we dispelled something? Go ahead and make a roll. I'm going to try this one again. These notes. 19 on the die. These new dice are hot. That's 23. Because Makati is um, a being that's partly infused with shadow, Mm -hmm. you have an interesting perspective when it comes to light versus dark, shadow versus, you know, know, obscurity versus obviousness. Like, you perceive things just a shade different than everybody does. Everything has its match. Yes. And this is definitely, like... It is, if it is not absolutely the difference between the Shadowfell and the Feywild, it is adjacent. Like, it just, it, it feels less oppressive in a way that is, if it's not magical, it might as well be. Because mm. you're just uplifted and feeling the relief of not being in a winter's night anymore. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I want to do what I can to see if the ghost has been appeased and has now found rest. All right, uh, that sounds like it would require a roll, but I'll allow somebody to help him if he wants to make that roll with assistance. Uh, what kind of roll? Uh, how would you like to do this? Um, I am going to just ask pointed questions about things the ghost would be familiar with mm-hmm. and see if anything knocks or moves or is stirred, and I, I guess I'm going to go for like a perception, or it sounds like I'm going persuasion, which is a really bad roll, but it might be what I'm doing. All right. Who would like to help him persuade uh, a ghost uh, to see if it's still around? I will. I, you, you've been communicating been with it, so yeah, that makes sense. Normally, I'd help, but I think Zev's a bit preoccupied right now. Yeah, there's so, a lot going actually, on. Actually, that's for pretty you. good. That's a fifteen. Fifteen with the advantage. With the advantage, okay. I have a minus one to the roll. Um, I'd like to hear, like, you know, I, I, I think I have a pretty good idea, but mm-hmm. how do you envision uh, Una helping Koos communicate with the ghost? Um, maybe like Koos, like telling Una what he wants to ask and then Una sort of puts that into like a socially acceptable concept because mm. okay. a wild man well, yeah, are you still numbers. using the um the Ouija board uh no she wiped she, it out she, she wiped, wiped it out, out. alright um so without a clear and obvious way of communicating um with a 19 oh you had something to say what's up I'm just gonna say the whole hot cold kind of spiritual thing and now we actually have a differential between hot and cold <laughs> Like, mm. you know, like... That's true. Cold yeah. for yes, hot for no. Yeah. Um, but. So, it, you know, in the, the darkness when the, the cabin was for, like, confirmed haunted, the shadows in the corners that would gather and the, the dark rooms that were unlit by any sort of fire or light source, like, where it's like an unpenetrable, like, just almost, just shy of magical darkness. And now, like, it's like you would picture, like, if you walked into an empty house with no power during the day, like... 
it's dark, it's dim, but it's not like oppressively like blinding mm. dark. And without a cl- clear means of communicating, you feel like if the ghost is trying to reach out to you, it's it's very subtle. And there is like a a sweet warm breeze that blows through the cabin that you know one of the windows that banged open or was broken open before like uh, a little bit of the snow drift just sort of blows out the window and you feel like the cabin is kind of at peace it's no longer like it was sighing and heaving and breathing and creaking with the presence of this otherworldly spirit it's no longer doing that it's making regular cabin sounds you hear the drip 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 of water as the snow on the roof melts and when you walk around, the floorboards creak underneath you, but they're not creaking in other corners of the house where right. no one's walking around. You feel like that ghost maybe has left. So before we had gone in here, we had entertained the idea of just burning this fucking thing to the ground, right? <laughs> I, I, Nuke it for morbid. I think that was our actual first reaction. I think, yeah, I think we all discussed it in character. I think that was yeah, like, I put yeah. this picture up, and you guys started lighting matches IRL. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Which is, just throwing it at my TV. <laughs> black cabin is also probably coated in tar to protect to protect it oh. from moisture and to make it yeah. black. That, Perfect. Yeah. Um, that is absolutely true. And and I mean, I, Una would probably know this being a ten tenner. A lot of the woodwork is like a lot of the boats are like that to make them watertight. You know, that's that's just something that's done to woodwork around here because of the moisture. Uh, my thought would be uh, absolutely not. We don't burn it. This place was a haven for hunters and yeah. other people who are you know out in the wilds. In Icewind Dale, it's a landmark for people to find refuge from predators. This place could be made safe again with a minimal amount of effort. Fix the holes in the roof and, you know, make sure that the stairs aren't broken. And this place is a functional refuge for other people. Yeah. Um, speaking of yeah. other people, I would like to remind the party and, and you know, as thorough as your notes were, and they were very thorough. If Cy isn't people, Brian. <laughs> no, I wasn't referring to Cy, and I never will. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> love you, Dave. Cy's baby. Um... And we'll get to Cy in a moment. Um, <laughs> there was one thing that got left out of the recap, and that was when you were communicating with the ghost. The ghost did say that a uh, a bear that walks on two feet visit, right. visited the cabin regularly. Right. Yeah, the ghost said it was a Goliath, but the squirrel that I was talking right, to exactly. thought it was a bear. Yes. Um, could be both. Could be a druid Goliath. Like, likely a Goliath wearing bear skins. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think all of these things uh, are true. Mm. Or just a bear. And could also be a were-bear. Could just be a bear. Could just be an awakened bear. Thought in your mind, you are suddenly more keenly aware of the fact that, like, all sorts of wildlife is making noise outside right now, reacting to the sudden burst of sunlight that it hasn't seen. Birds are chirping, and you can hear, like, you're you're trained to pick up these things, so you can hear, like, the, the chipmunks and mice and weasels and the small varmints of the world moving through the forest, and... Cracking of ice in the river. Yeah, all these weird sounds that you are you know are native to a landscape such as this, but you haven't heard because it's been nighttime for six months. Two, well, you know, probably longer. Yeah, yeah, thirty months at this yeah. point. Yeah, Una is deeply affected by the sun coming out because she has lived in this for whatever. Yeah. Um, is there anything immediately you'd like to do in the the few minutes after Sai has cast his spell? I want to get a lay of the land for how much damage has been done to the cabin and how long it would take to repair it for an actual human refuge. Okay. Um, what would Una like to do in this time? Um, I think Una's just going to like be enjoying the sunlight. She might go down... Uh, we're near the river, right? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty steep drop okay. off this cliff, and then down the cliff faces the river below you. Okay. We're at six... Right. Uh, yes. Yes, you are. Yeah, the river sort of feeds the lake there. Shall I put a check mark on that? Yeah, you might as well. Um, That's a quest you've had since session two. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you know, being from a sort of water uh, adjacent town, she was going to go down to the river and just see, like, running water for the first time but mm. it doesn't sound like she's I'd have to blow a spell slot to get down that cliff great song yeah but you can see it from the cliff face yeah. as a matter of fact the way the the cabin Stilted. is built on stilts right up against the edge mm-hmm. you could actually probably go to a window you can't see on this illustration because it'd be on the side wall and look down and see the river it's a hunting cabin you're meant to see the river you're probably there. supposed to be able to fish from that window so yeah. you have to go outside well it's 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 many feet down yeah. so but yes, um, you can see the river, like, yeah. and and you can't really see running water yet. But like the steam coming from the ice leads you to believe that it's starting. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, what would Zev like to do? You have the sunlight beaming in through windows, so I'm sure this is affecting you. After his thoroughly stuffing away the Drowcraft items, keep them shielded from the sun, uh, and also taking some time to consider what to do this, the political ramifications it will hold with the ten towns, such as they are, uh, and exactly how or if we're going to take credit for it, she's still she's just doing a lot of thinking. Because mm. right now, if you say it's mi- miles of land that's affected by this, mm-hmm. it kind of looks like everything's affected. Yes, so and she, without having made a roll, that's exactly what it looks like to you, is that it's over. The, the night is over yep. and dawn has come. And she's wondering, do we take this Mithlar with us? And can we just use it over and over? There's lots of questions in her head that she will yeah. be keeping track of. Um, so I think... After just after thinking about all this stuff, and she's just gonna return to her companions when we're ready to when we're ready to go, because obviously mm-hmm. we can't stay here unless it looks like Coos is fixing to fix the place. Uh, that is on the agenda because we also brought a cartload full of reconstruction supplies to trade with the barbarians. You did. So we have lumber. We have nails. Are, um, we, able, are we misappropriating it by? Not giving it to them, then? I mean, we don't have to use all of it. It's one small cabin. We were going to give them, like, a couple ships worth of crap, so... You did specifically say you had, like, a wagon full of lumber and nails and... Uh, okay, so how much would it call for to fix the cabin up? Like, at least the roof, right? Yeah, basically make it a place that somebody could retain heat when we don't have the sun thing on. Um, I mean, it, it, it would take a carpenter, so I'm... Uh, we'll get back to that, because I want to hear what Makati's doing yep. first. I want to get on the roof, actually. Okay. Um, because I want to get to the highest point of the house that I can. Mm-hmm. And I want to look as far into the horizon as I can to see where this spell ends. Okay. Because I know, I know, like, control weather is, like, this huge radius. I know, whatever, yeah. but... It's a radius. Yeah, yeah. But also, this is, like, going to be a weird reference, but, like, you know how, like, in Fortnite, there's, like, the the storm... Kind of, yeah. yeah. It, like, there's like a like a storm that encloses like various different video games that do the Hunger Games style, like until yeah. the last person that pushes you in. Is there that kind of like? Can I see where the darkness starts? So it's it's hard for me to say because I guess if you were on the top of a mountain, you could see out for five miles easily, right? Yeah. Um, but fog and mist. But yeah. like really and like mountains. And yeah. I I I'm man. I'm going to talk out of my ass here. I imagine it looks fairly unnatural. Like you can see for five miles, and then at five miles, it stops at a wall of night, just like a a mm. like a, a clear division straight line of it's. You know, if you were to take one more step. Yeah. You'd be in nighttime, you know? So Kaylee's measuring it out. I've been trying to eyeball it. Kelvin's Cairn is currently in sunlight. The edges of Lonelywood are currently in sunlight. None of the other ten towns are. Yeah. Because my second question was going to be, has anybody else noticed? Do we think? So Psy knows how the spell works. Yes. So Psy knows. Um, Psy does know, and and so I, just so the table knows, um, Control Weather is a concentration spell. It normally lasts for eight hours. Uh, transmutation, so you're getting a strong transmutation vibe. Um, centered on the device, when he cast it, it goes for five miles. Uh, you're not sure if moving the device moves the sphere of influence, or if the five miles is static and it doesn't matter where the sphere moves. I'll point out to the group that's something that's worth exploring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, normally it has VSM for components, but uh, because you're using this device to channel it, it only requires the device itself. Um it controls the weather within five miles of you for the duration, eight hours. Technically, Psy could change it if he wanted to during that time. So if we need to hide, we could make it a blizzard and hide mm-hmm. the blizzard. Um, it says you must be outdoors to cast a spell. This device releases you from that requirement. Um, hmm. Moving to a place where you don't have a clear path to the sky ends the spell early, not if you're using the device. Uh, when you cast a spell, you change the current weather conditions, which are determined by the DM based on the climate and season. You can change precipitation, temperature, and wind it takes 1d4 times 10 minutes for the new conditions to take effect. Once they do, you can change the conditions again. Uh, when the spell ends, the weather gradually returns to normal. When oh. you change the weather conditions, find a current condition on the fly, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's a real shame that it's concentration and that Sai is the one who uh, took it on because Sai has call lightning. It does bonus damage if there's storms. Mm-hmm. It'd be really cool if somebody was like, now it's a thunderstorm and Sai's like... <laughs> yeah, it goes all like Thor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Zev could help herself, too. She'll just, she'll probably say something to the effect of, we should consider moving this to one of the t- to Bryn Shander or perhaps the new settlement. They would gain a significant amount of power by having this year-round mm. and be able to rebuild their civilization. 
Not we, to mention we would reap the benefits of such power. We would potentially. I think it would benefit us to turn the device off before we arrive. Of course. I, I hate to agree, but I do. Uh, you had asked how long it would take to repair the cabin. Yes. Um, if all five of you pitched in, uh, none of you are trained in carpentry tools, are you? Uh, no. No. Yeah. No. I'm going guys. to. So we have on, a ranger and a druid. So yeah. a druid craft. I, I, yeah, I'm going to speak on size behalf and say, you know, w- without without having the know how to do it, even with the materials, it would probably take you a couple of days to do it right. Um, it would take a skilled carpenter with the materials probably half a day, um, and that's only because the roof is treacherous and he would have to take extra precautions not to fall off the goddamn thing. It's a shame that Lollywood is totally vacant because those guys would absolutely know how to do that. Yeah, we could at least leave some of the lumber and nails here for anyone. Who- mm-hmm. Well, I guess here's my question for the DM because this matters for us. Uh, mm-hmm. If taking the couple days to repair it results in this place being a refuge, we could take a long rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I would say if this were properly repaired, and it would be up to the dice to decide whether or not you are able to do a good enough job, because quite frankly, none of you are skilled carpenters. And just looking at the layout of this cabin, this I is a difficult a job. I built a birdhouse yeah. once. This would be for a very large bird. Who um, <laughs> will immediately move in and leave? <laughs> so I would say if you were to take two days, um, and you were at the mercy of the rolls to see whether or not it was successful. Then and you were then successful. Yes, this would be a place where you could take a long rest in the wilderness. Mm. Uh, assuming this is still this is democracy, uh, Zev will say, "I don't think we have the time to spare for that, particularly because we have the disappearance of the Lonelywood population to worry about. This may not be a safe area in any case, whether That's this place is prepared or not." A fair point. So I acquiesce. I think we should leave some of the lumber and nails behind. As you said, not like all of our load of trade, but enough that we could at least patch up the roof. Can they be safely stored here? Yeah, I think we just bring it upstairs. Yeah, yeah. find a not fucked up part of the roof to be under. It, it, you could do that. You could also do it. It appears that the area underneath the uh, cabin, where you know, underneath the relatively stilts, sheltered. Yeah. yeah, people have used that to store things in the past. I mean, mostly hanging deer carcasses and that sort of thing, elk carcasses, but um, also to stack lumber to keep it out of the elements. So that's something you could do. Yeah. I mean, so put a couple of larger logs down at the bottom so that when the runoff refreezes on hitting the ground, it doesn't freeze the boards to the ground. Yeah. And then just stack all the boards up on the two logs. This is related to an earlier point as well, Zev says, but we should consider that we have created a spectacle, inadvertently as as it is. The followers of Oriel might wish to stop whatever is happening. I'm sure they will, but they need to know that we're here. Size vocalized it's five miles at this point, right? Yeah, everything I told you about the uh, control weather spell came out of Sai's mouth. I just can't do the voice. Okay, cool. Then then if he explains it, then... I've traveled a lot around these lands, and this will stretch as far as Kelvin's Cairn. And it might stretch as far as Lonely Wood, but we believe Lonely Wood to be vacant. There is relief in that, but I I dare not underestimate those who have augury and other divine powers at their disposal. Thank goodness they don't have a magic mirror. We have taken that away from them, true. Um, I would like perception rolls from everybody in the party, including Nyantai, please. Um, Zev, you might have to make yours a disadvantage because they'll be in the sunlight. Yes, I forget if that applies to skill checks or not. Uh, so, so if if, it's if it like, does, yeah, I, I forget too, honestly. But you, you, you it's let either me know. a thirteen or twelve for me anyway. I crit with a twenty-eight. Well, fuck you. Nyantai has a sixteen. <laughs> I have an eighteen. Eighteen, three, and we'll lay it on Zev. But it sounds like it. The, the very it's least, either a thirteen or twelve. Okay. At the very least, you and Nyantai and Una are aware that uh, while you guys are deliberating what to do with the cabin, that. Um, the sounds of wildlife have changed. They haven't disappeared altogether, but uh, it's definitely shifted. And you would recognize this as something um, that happens when birds sense a predator around. Disadvantage on perception checks that rely on sight. Okay, this would be. So I can still that. hear and smell. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, and I'm describing bird sounds. So I guess not for this. You can okay. take your higher number. Thirteen. Thirteen. You still fail, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bud. I mean, so what do you just toying with? What do the drown know of birds? There's underdark birds. I'm sure under birds. They're called Vronk. Bunderdark. Bunderdark. Birds of the underdark. The underdessy. <laughs> I'll give back to you. the word of the year. You're welcome. Yeah. 
I'm Derpy. Yeah. I'm gonna need that in a minute. Oh, well, I'm gonna pass over to you. How do you like that? How do you like them apples? Um, yeah, so something... Something wicked this way comes, for lack of a better terminology. Um, it's got your attention. <laughs> so, sorry, my Shakespeare senses are too <laughs> I was, like, trying really hard to think of a joke, and I was like, I don't. And in, no in my in my mind's eye, when you make these perception rolls, I mean, Zev is probably inside to stay out of the sunlight for obvious reasons. But I feel like the most of you are probably, like, in and out from outside, like, enjoying the sunlight, but also, like, trying to get a good idea of how long cabin repairs take. She's going to start taking more drugs again. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm probably layering the lumber underneath the house right now. Yeah. Um, Zev, uh, Zev Zai, uh, decides that if, you know, people start to start looking around to see what's going on, he's taking the device inside where it's defensible. Yep. Have we determined if we can transport it? Um, you have not traveled far enough and gotten any sort of sense as to whether or not traveling changes the sphere of influence. You can absolutely transport the device. It is maybe the size of a beach ball. Okay. Or a volleyball. Uh, so it's easily transportable. You just don't know what effect that has, if any, on and the And we're spell. keeping it hidden, I assume. Yeah. Um, we are not going to be discreet. We have two teams of sled dogs downstairs. We have six people in this party. A dead body and a mirror the size of a surfboard. Yeah, so I'm just <laughs> going to call upstairs and say, something comes. Arm yourselves. Alright, I will pick out a hiding spot and get... Uh, Get my laser rifle ready. Mm. Mage armor. Shield. Alright. Uh, and is the idea basically just to hunker down and wait for whatever's coming to come? Yep. Alright, that's a good plan. To be oh. visible. It's probably the bear. Oh, or the so. Goliath. No, they liked him. Oh. Well, we don't know about the birds. I'll go ahead and make a stealth squirrels. Squirrels. It's going to be 20. Maybe he's a real thick to birds, I don't know. <laughs> he shows up and flicks a canary. <laughs> Fuck off. He's, just, he's snapping pigeons out of the air like... <laughs> <laughs> big puffs of feathers. <laughs> In his defense, birds are dicks. <laughs> birds are dicks. Kicks a stork into the river. <laughs> Fuck you, stork. <laughs> no more babies for you. <laughs> Kick right in the baby maker. Oh, geez, he punches a ball. He looks he's a communist. You dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> It's like Russian Mario. <laughs> uh, Italian Mario. No, Russian Mario. No, I've only seen the, uh, the Italian There's a Russian one where, like, he's jumping on uh, the Koopas, but they're wearing, like, green American military helmets. It's like little green berries. Fucking hilarious. Um, so as you hunker down and not trying to uh, disguise its approach at all. Oh, it really is a bear. It's, it actually is a bear. Yes. That's so cool. Um, wow. So it is It is this that uh, exits the forest, uh, with the exception of it's also pulling its own small sleigh through the snow, which you can see is wrapped in, like, you know, armor that's bundled in, like, oiled rags, and a battle axe with the head is wrapped in, in like, an, uh, an oil skin as well to keep the rust off of it. Um, it's just sort of pulling its own sleigh with a fishing pole over its shoulder. And uh, as it approaches the cabin, the the cabin, it, it you know it releases the sleigh and sticks the um, the fishing pole in the the snow and shouts up, "Hello, who is in the cabin, Macritus? Is that you?" Uh, and I'll shout back, uh, "Hello, good friend. My name is Kuspalad, uh, ranger of these wilds. We were looking at potentially making repairs to this refuge." Bulad, your last name is familiar to me. Who else goes in this cabin? Uh, Tiny and me are a number of traveling companions. Uh, Una of... What was the name? Golden... Uh, no. Um, good meat. Good good okay. Golden uh, showers. Una Matthews. <laughs> uh, I travel with Una Matthews of... Good meat. Golden showers. I, I was thinking like I keep getting, I have golden fields in my head from the other campaign. Yeah, from Storm Geek Thunder, which was like five years ago, but cool. <laughs> you know what? It was really fun. It was. Um, I had a great time. Yeah, so that... And I say... <laughs> yeah, so fuck you. <laughs> As well as uh, a number of other more unique companions from the tribes in these areas. Uh, I actually travel with a goblin, a drow, and a dragonborn. Mm. A dragonborn. Come forth. Do. I, I guess I do that. He's asking you to come. That's your I'm just like, I kind of like peek my head out the door like, hello? <laughs> you, you actually peek your head out all the way? So yeah. like your face like, is I'm well. like, 
The crossbow bolt goes right here. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Makati. Do I know this person? You do not. What the fuck? <laughs> step out, child. Let me get a good look at you. I kind of step out, and I'm like, and then they're like, he's been reading I... our character sheets. <laughs> oh, he's Santa. He's pulling a sled. Oh, no. He knows you. Fuck. <laughs> he sees me when I'm sleeping. <laughs> he's jerking um, off. I, I, I come outside, and I kind of shake off the alarm, and I go, I apologize if I have forgotten if we have made acquaintance before, but could you... Remind me where we may have met? Mm. I witnessed to your hatching. You've grown. Substantially, I would suppose. I am Oye Mantaruk. The Shadow Warden. <laughs> it's a fucking cool name. We've heard Mantaruk before, haven't we? Is that a family name we've heard? You have. Um, you have heard Oye Mantaruk uh, in circles uh, amongst Goliath, mostly, uh, as someone that prospective Goliath warriors looking to make a name for themselves go into the wilderness This and is the guy the that the one who got killed and eaten was supposed to go duel. Yes. Ah. Uh, yeah. He's so fucking cool. That was session <laughs> like so three. That was yeah. the big Yeti and all that shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, and he says, we've not had reason to make acquaintances since, but it's good to see that you are alive and thriving. Yes, the mother has kept such a close and watchful eye over me. Not here, I imagine, as the shadows flee from whatever spell you've cast. This is a recent development. I witness to it. It is recent, startling, and troubling, yet exciting all at the same time. I wish to know more. I kind of glance, glance over at Coos Blood and get the thumbs up from Coos. Yeah, let's, let's spell it. Yeah, um, we found a device in your cabin um, that needed some adjustments to it, and our good goblin friend was able to uh, get it functioning, which which allowed us to cast the darkness from the sky and return a sense of balance to this side of the plane. Uh, and with that, the werebear, which is what it is, takes a handful of the melting snow off the top of the crust and sort of like runs it between the big bear paw fingers and says, uh, it's been a long time since I've felt the warmth of the sun on my fur. Turns back to his wagon and uh, moves some stuff around and takes two big knucklehead trout, both maybe like four feet long, probably several hundred pounds apiece, one over either shoulder and calls up to Kuzbalad. Start a fire. We'll eat well today. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had a proper lunch. I guess we are taking a rest here, fellows. Oh, Oye, while I do not recall you, I am glad to make your reacquaintance now that I am more sentient than I was as a mere tadpole of <laughs> A hatchling, your mother called you, and yes. one of her pride. We will discuss it more, but first we eat. Uh, I start a fire and send Niantai to go grab uh, enough Y-shaped sticks to make a spit. Mm. Uh, Uno. Yes. In your time since you've left your home, Mm -hmm. you've had to do some reprehensible things. Some fucked up shit. Yeah. In order to survive because of the scarcity of food and warmth. Mm Um. While you enjoy the fact that now there is abundance of both, it really is starting to make you feel kind of guilty. I don't want to take your agency away, but like you're feeling as though like if I had just waited a little bit longer, perhaps it's like the ending of the mist. Yes, yeah, you're literally minutes away from sunlight. Yeah, um, six months. <laughs> So, well, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you how your player feel or your mm-hmm. character feels. Like there is this weird dichotomy over the things that you had to do to survive the long night, mm-hmm. and now you're living momentarily in a in a land of plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, just some flavor text for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume that you're building this fire and build the fire, yeah. set up the spit. Yep. All right. Um, Getting the vibe that we're not being attacked, so I will put away my gun and uh, <laughs> get, dr- get dressed for dinner. <laughs> put on your sparkly dress. Pretty much. Um, and 
if you do you make yourself known or do you just stay in the cabin? At this if point? It, since it appears that Kus and the others trust this this being, I'm mm-hmm. uh, well. I'm, I'll wait till I get a signal first. Okay. Do one of you make the effort to signal Zev and let her know? Yeah, I, I call everyone down. Cool. Because okay. in Drow think she's thinking maybe she's setting him up for an ambush <laughs> by being nice. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Um, upon seeing a, a Drow come down the stairs, um, the expression on Oya Mantaruk's bare face sort of softens a little more. Like it was, it's a little, it's a little severe because it's a bare face. It's yep. you know hard to read. Um, but there was sort of a grim set to it, sure. and then seeing a drow, it softens a little bit. And okay. um, she approaches you and and says, "From from where in the Underdark do you call home?" Well, first of all, a, a, a glowy curtsy. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> no, I'll, I will answer. I'll answer him. Is it him or her? Uh, tough to tell. It's a bear. Cool. <laughs> gender bear. Bear gender. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well. I will, I will tell uh, Bear them that they, uh, <laughs> so she'll say, Originally I come from Menzo Berenson. I have come from the noble house Fay Branch, though I confess I have not heard anything from them in a long time. I hope that after the recent catastrophe that befell down there, I'm not sure if you're aware, that <laughs> everything is all right. But I have been up here on diplomatic missions, and quite embroiled in pro- politics as well, Surface world's been fascinating, and my travels have brought me here. I am aware of what befell Menzo Berenson. It, uh, it is my business to track the outsiders that wander into our world and to maintain the portals that allow them to travel hither and there. The portals? They are many, and some are have, hidden. You must have many stories to tell, Mantaruk. Indeed I do, but... Before I tell them, I wish to offer my heartfelt condolences to you and your people, who have suffered as the outsiders invaded your homeland. And I would raise a glass to those ancestors that you have lost in that fight. Your kindness is most uncommon, Manturuk, and I thank you. Many people have shunned the drow, but in the greater scheme of the cosmos, their calculatedness is not what I would call evil. She uh, smiles, taken aback by this uh, acceptance. We do have much to offer the surface world, and I hope, I've always hoped that I've been able to make that clear. It is... You've made an excellent impression. Would you eat with me? It keeps getting better. (laughs) Uh, And she will just smile and take a seat, uh, pretending to be cool, while still being outshined by Mantrook's coolness. Um... I, he she bear will um, <laughs> has like a, a little like lean to trout like tarp on you know tent poles that sort of stands up to offer you some shade from the sunlight. Oh, so, yeah, I was about to ask if it's yeah. evening now. Um, it is it is mid midday ish. Okay, so the sun is high in the sky. Although the um, Makati, you you made an effort to go out and see the edge of the affected area. Um, so I give you an idea of how quickly the spell would fade. And it seems like it's fading quicker than that. It's it's like something is rushing the night back. And is it into, like it's it really, collapsing back? It's, it's a tug of war with the fuckers over in the skull tower thing. That's God a, damn it! That's an educated guess. Yeah. I would say that's an educated guess. College level PhD educated guess. Fucking with is the thing <laughs> that we studied very hard in ranger school. Um, so as we have a little role play session here, this is going to equate to a long rest. So everybody gets their level up. Yeah! I have all these hit points now. You have all those hit points. Um, so you can start recording what you need to record on your character sheet. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to take all day, but let's go around the table and have a little little gab session with Oye Mantaruk and see what he, she, them has to say. Oye. I am obsessed <laughs> with Oye Mantaruk. <laughs> I just like, you pulled the image up on the screen and I was like, oh. Everything is good in this world. Mantaruk <laughs> exists. It, it is kind of a relief. I'm just like I didn't know that I was attracted to bears until this image wow. came. Wow! Wow! single for a you, month, though. and all of a sudden, I know. Well, bears can smell the menstruation. You hear that, Kate? Bears. <laughs> I hope you're happy <laughs> in your area. Hot bears in your area. You put the whole party in danger. <laughs> in your area. <laughs> 
<laughs> open open a corner store that sells crampons and tampons. <laughs> oh my god. Slampons. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh boy. I'm gonna take some skilled feet, by the way, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. To get you... even more skills. Yeah. Let, let's let's do the, the one minute around the table to get what everybody gets for new toys, because that is really fun. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let, so, let's start with start with Uno. What did you get at level eight? Um Show us what Santa got you. <laughs> Santa Bear. Um <laughs> Sandra Barbie. Una, um, through, you know, communing with her patron and this sort of sense of guilt is, um, getting ever so slightly more creepy, um, (laughs) which, uh, is an in-character way of saying, uh, I got a charisma boost, um, (laughs) I took a boost in charisma and hit points and I got a new spell that I haven't picked out because I only have seven right now. That's fine. But... Yeah, um, so now I can hit things with an axe, but betterer. But harder. Much, 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 much betterer. Like. We fixed the math. Yes. Basically. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Una hits things with an axe harder than. Maybe not harder than Zev hits things with a sword, but it's close. Yeah. Well, congratulations on level eight. Kaylee, uh, what does Zevlin get at level eight? I'm going to take skilled and see who's going to be better at arcana and religion from all the, all the bullshit that we've been going through. Mm. And I'm actually still debating on the third skill. I'm thinking either. Either sleight of hand or acrobatics. Mm, nature. We don't have a nature person, do we? Do we, we don't have, have a, a druid. Person. We have a druid no, and a ranger. Neither nature. one of them are trained in nature. Oh, but we have a warlock who does nature, so I guess. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, <laughs> I just don't think Zach would be that interested in. No, nature. probably. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I have a plus. Well, it, and I mean, you're. I mean, even even as a drow living on the surface world, you might as well be a human on Mars. This is an alien world. To yes. Yeah. Exactly. I have a plus four to nature because I think I'm the only one who went to like. Well, to school, to nature school. Zev, yeah. I, like I actually went to school and was like, "These plants will kill you. These plants yeah. are edible." <laughs> don't don't boil belladonna root and eat it like a baked potato. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, what? I think, I think I'll go with acrobatics just for the sheer amount of. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's impossible so not to. It's so good for rogues. Um, Makati, what do you? I, you actually look like you're working. I'm not going to bother you. We'll, we'll come I mean, back it's here. not. It's honestly not. I'm just erasing things because I wrote down all the stuff I needed right. from earlier. Um, it's not very exciting. Um, my charisma's going up by one. My constitution's going up by one. Um, similar to your explanation for charisma, I'm explaining my charisma going up as being, like, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Making friends and also a lizard with the sun. Yeah, a lizard in the sun yeah. is just so content. Um, yeah, I just get, you know, a little more a little more HP, another sorcery point, uh, and I get another spell, and I did pick Vitriolic Sphere, which is such a dope fucking spell. Nice! I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's a good that's one. That's like it's- a... Big acid fucking ball. Yeah, cool. Because I do. I'm an acid. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You yeah. do acid. <laughs> I mean, we Just know this. Shit <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Congratulations McCod on your levels. LSD mm. and Kuspalad and Nyantai. What do you guys got? You already told me, but go ahead and tell me. Yes. The so uh, the sunlight makes uh, Kuspalad feel a little bit more charged up. He didn't realize the weight that was on his shoulders, and as a result, his constitution has increased mm. to a new milestone. So my hit points have gone up to seventy-six. Wow. Sweet. Wow. As of today, <laughs> beefy boy. Uh, and also, all the experience of the supernatural has given me a bit more insight into how the spirits work, boosting my wisdom score. Excellent. Um, which is good for casting ranger spells, but also is how Nyantai fights. So Nyantai gets plus one to literally everything. Awesome. Well, congratulations okay. on level eight, guys. Good job. Thank you. Um, Fun level. So, as uh, as you all, you know, sort of get relaxed and enjoy your new uh, newfound companionship with Oye Mansaruk. He's a growler um, bear, not a shoulder bear. <laughs> um, you know, he uh, he he puts the he guts the fish and puts them on spits and roasts them over the fire that you help build and. You know, seasons them with whatever seasoning you get, and you know, it prepares a, a pretty good meal, a pretty solid meal that that you know gives you your long rest. Um, and he uh, is loaded with questions about the Mithilar and what happened to Macritus. He he, you know, he intimates that you know he while he wasn't you know on a friendship level with Macritus, he had visited the cabin before and made a, made acquaintances with him. Um, he's in he he will go or they will go on to explain that you know the. The cabin is one of the many places that he would stop and rest, you know, while while they were traveling the the you know all of Icewind Dale and says that you know my my commitments, my oath, and my uh, my commitments take me far, you know, to the Underdark across Icewind Dale and back, and I can I don't consider any one place to be my home, but I rest my head many places. Uh, oh yeah, Manzuruk, if I might be so bold as to impose, uh, I had thoughts of. 
repairing this cabin so that it could once again be used as a refuge for the local hunters and people trying to escape the wildlife and the dangers of the dark. We don't have the time in our adventures to make such repairs. Are you competent with a hammer and nails? Uh, I... I could hold my own, but I have friends who would be better suited for such a task. I could enlist them. I believe that this is uh, a structure worthy of repair and saving for the shelter and relief it provides, so I would be happy to ask my friends to, to do such a thing. Uh, the dwarves, perhaps, that might would be, be willing to. The dwarves of Kelvin's Cairn makes very good sense. Uh, we'll leave behind a number of supplies that we had taken from the destruction of one of the ten towns, uh, certainly more than enough to repair the cabin. Um, but it is our hope that this would become a refuge again for, for those who are displaced by storms and mm. the eternal night. Uh, As you talk and, you know, the you start to notice like it, it's slow at first because the, the blue sky with the gray clouds going over is starting to slowly fade back to violet and purple. And uh, it's when you notice that the sparks from the fire are starting to, like, light up the night sky that you realize that you're... Your break from the long night is is coming to a. a the spell has close. either been overpowered or natural night is out. And and you can tell that Oya Mantaruk is is aware of this as well as well. Just sort of like every once in a while, when there's a lull in the conversation, he's looking around, seeing the horizon, feeling the heat coming off the snow as it starts to slowly dissipate. <laughs> Do we know if it ran out because like like it's just that's how long the spell lasts, or like did the mithalar like burn up? Not the Mithlard, uh, the, the, uh, Um, so one thing you notice is that, yeah, you had replaced the diamond in the middle of the, the Summer Sar with a chunk of Chardolin. Mm-hmm. Um, because it requires a gem in the middle as sort of a conduit to channel energy. Um, and as the spell was cast, that Chardolin, you know, it, it looks like a black rock anyway, but it's definitely like, withered and twisted and like his shrunk it doesn't look magical anymore it looks like maybe this was a one and done casting and you would have to rebuild the device in order to try and do it again um all right so we get a bunch of duergar to start all the shardlin oh my god it's such a brilliant (laughs) fuck damn it only we knew where there were duergar (laughs) i knew there was a bunch of dead ones (laughs) i knew there was a bunch of assholes throwing shardlin into the magma (laughs) Um, but, you know, you have maybe, uh, you know, eating and cooking and setting up camp and whatever, the long rest takes a long time. Um, but as the spell's fading, you have, you know, maybe, uh, another half hour, 45 minutes of real sunlight as the, uh, the jovial conversation starts to get a little more serious and you guys are actually talking real, real topics now. So if you have it, if you have anything you want to ask, Oya Mantarup, now would be the time. Um, Oya Mantarup, were you present when the events happened at Lonelywood that caused all the people to leave or be taken. Reluctantly, I was not. My oath took me elsewhere. Um, But I returned because I felt that the veil between this realm and the border ethereal uh, had become traversable yet again. I believe that's what happened when you called upon Macritus' spirit to assist you. That's when I returned. As far as what happened to Lonelywood, uh, I try not to meddle with the affairs of the Ten Towns. Some of them find me off-putting. And while I have a number of people I call friends, and I would not see any harm come to them, my presence in the Ten Towns is not necessary in order for me to fulfill my oath. Where do you, what do you know of the cult of Aurel? Aurel has been a goddess that has been followed in this land since time immemorial, even since before my time, which is getting long in the tooth. And she, he smiles a grin of big bear teeth. Um, in the worst of winters, the fervor of her worship is always the strongest. However, this is not a natural winter, which calls upon the people who worship her to beg her forgiveness or for her to pass over them in the night when the cold steals the warmth of their children. This is something made either by her followers or the goddess herself. I've been investigating the phenomenon for some time. 
All gods, regardless of their sphere, are tasked with protecting the borders between this realm and the other realms. The borderlands, the Feywild, the Shadowfell, the border ethereal, where spirits go to find rest. They travel through the barriers that protect this world from the next. This barrier is porous, malleable, easily formed for spirits and their energy to travel to where they need to be. Look at Niantai. (laughs) (laughs) This has stopped becoming the case, particularly in this land. The border has become something more rigid, something unprotected, a wall to be climbed or battered down and not a gateway to usher in the spirits of the dead. I have encountered in my travels a unsettling amount of restless spirits in this land. Ghosts that can't move on. I fear Macritus was to be one of those until you satisfied his last wish. Seven nods, quietly thinking of Chanth. Just thinking, like, if that's, you know, you have to fulfill, fulfill their wishes for them to pass on. Janth is like, and finally, I have my books. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, maybe. <laughs> Never know. That's what we're trying to do. Nice <laughs> McTale is just fuck over Jan. <laughs> well, in a meta sense, that's a, a very unnerving thing to hear because I just took Blink as one of my spells. Yeah. Blink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. Um, so are you concerned that... Well, I guess I don't know what I'm asking. If this winter is entirely made, are you saying that the cult or Aurel herself is involved? And it's what I they am, need to be stopped? It's what I'm continuing to investigate, but if, whatever is happening here is unnatural, and when unnatural things happen... My investigations tend me tend to lead me to following the power, and nothing right now is more powerful than Aurel and her cult, at least in this small corner of the world. Have I you, am. Uh, uh, go ahead. Use your power. I'll take it. Mm. Um, have you encountered Evie Helgren's daughter in your travels? I know of the giantess, although uh, I have not squared up with her. Through a clever use of magics, we've observed her casting some sort of powerful ritual. At the head of a tower. Yes. Shall we? De- I shall describe it. And I do. The, like the, mm. the skull. The I do that. <laughs> I do that thing. And uh, with that, um, as you start describing, Oya Mantaru holds up a finger to, to hold you for a moment and then takes out an oversized journal with an oversized quill pen capable of being held by bear paws, um, specially designed, and starts jotting down it's like... Lots of tiny things. <laughs> like, like very intricate notes and asking several questions about, okay, well, what were the colors, the, the direction in we which it spun, and yes, the swirl, the swirl, um, wanting to get every detail down. And you can see that this journal is full of handwritten notes mm-hmm. that Oya Mantaruk has taken. You mean paw written? Paw written. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and is, is curious to find out what you have to say about what you witnessed through the mirror. It's a, it's precious little. I think honestly, we, we specifically don't mention the mirror, though, right? We just say through yeah. powerful use of magic. Sure. Okay. Yes. Full stop. That's fair. Yep. Yeah. Um, Secret mirror. <laughs> what would you like to ask? Oh, no, I was oh. just... There was something... Scratching my head. Yeah, there was one thing I was, I was going to add. Thinking about the ramifications of all of this, the reason I bring this up is that clearly, Chardelin powers this device that we are so lucky to have found, but this is only a temporary solution. Even if we were to set up a rigorous and aggressive Chardelin uh, assembling, gathering, mining task force, it would only be putting a band-aid on the problem. We must get to the root of it somehow. And if my instincts are telling me that this cult is responsible, it wouldn't be the first time that some offshoot cult has gone beyond their realm of power to simply disrupt things to the rest of us. Back home, we had the cult of Saganadaur to, to contend with. And now we, on the surface, you have this. This is simply me speculating. We don't have enough evidence for sure. But it seems like a safe speculation based on what we've observed so far. I, I think it would be a far cry to believe anything is at fault other than Yvette Helgren's daughter and Ravison. So it, I believe we must pursue these people. And to that end, uh, Honorable Mantaruk, do you believe, would we count you as an ally in these endeavors? I would. Um, 
I'm trying to find the dialogue options to get him to join our party. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking more like, I think we're on the same page, but I was thinking like, eventually we're going to get all the heroes to meet together like portals. Mm. So we want to like, what is the call, like the bear signal that we put up in the <laughs> to get this badass? big fish. A big, a big paw in the sky. <laughs> we're eventually going to have a bitchin' skill challenge. We need you to be one of our one-time powers. Yeah, are, um, you, are you a bad enough bear to rescue the president? Well, yeah, Mantra will respond with, um, uh, well, my oath my oath brings me to watch all outsiders and their influence on the peoples of these worlds. Uh, goddesses fall among my chosen charge. Uh, regardless of what is at fault for this unnatural winter, and believe it is Aurel I do, Aurel has not lived up to her calling as a goddess and protected the borders between this realm and the next. Um... For that reason, she must either be set aright or punished. And to punish a goddess is no small thing, but my oath remains my oath. I would count any friends opposed to a real among my friends, and looks pointedly at you. Any enemy of the Queen of Air and Darkness is a potential ally. Is not that not what Mother says? <laughs> You you know that the Queen of Air and Darkness is not something or someone to fear, but someone who simply ushers people on to the next stage, as you will. I do worry if this wall that you mention is being built, what Aureal, what need has Aureal for the spirits that should cross naturally through the gate? It is my opinion, in my studies and travels, that Aurel does not tamper with the barrier between this world and the next in order to harvest souls like so much wheat. More that her attention is directed elsewhere and her duties left neglected. The wall has hardened because it has not been tended to. Because she is bound in the flesh. I was going to say, um... She called out sick today. (laughs) (laughs) God is using PTO. (laughs) I'm going to make it an unbound in flesh. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, it's really going around. Um, Yeah, I will will ask Oye, um, what would happen if a goddess is bound in flesh? Hmm... A goddess's natural power must be greatly diminished in order for such a thing to happen. It's not unheard of. The time of troubles did happen. Uh, Which is why me and my fellow wardens have taken up the oath to watch the outsiders and keep careful tabs on what they do in this world. Uh, The affairs of gods are complex and vary from realm to realm, Aurel, as we call her here, the Queen of Air and Darkness, as they call her in the Feywild and the Shadowfell, are the same being, but can move with different consciousnesses and different thoughts, depending on which of the many realms you travel upon. How a goddess loses her ability to free herself from being bound in flesh is something that escapes even me, and I have dedicated my life to the study and pursuit of such knowledge. And I cannot imagine that a goddess would willingly bind herself to flesh, knowing what flesh is. It is likely either she was betrayed or trapped somehow. By the trickery of humans? Humans have a poor track record in in trapping and... Or humanoids, I should say. I would not leave myself exempt from such ministrations. In my experience, the things that trick gods are usually also gods. They are duplicitous more often than not, and engage in squabbles that, while devastating on this plane, would be considered petty if you were to look at them at their face value. She craves freedom. As anyone would who was not granted it. She does not know it. I fear 
whatever binds her in flesh, whatever put the crag cat in this corner, to use the parlance, nice. is uh, something far more dangerous. It's my fear that this everlasting night is Aureal's defense mechanism. The way she protects herself or protects what she holds dear. You can count me as an ally. I have many obligations and many friends that I must protect. So travel with you, I cannot commit to. But if there is a time of need, you sign this bear signal into the sky. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> uh, I think Zeph will just cast, she'll cast dancing lights and like try to put the four in points a into like, like a claw like yeah. shape. Make it look like Ursa Major. Oh, yeah, so, sure. Yeah. I light a torch and make shadow puppets that shape like a bear. But that's a bird. And Oyamantor was like, that bird. It's, <laughs> if you look at it upside what, down. What kind of shit ranger are you? <laughs> if you look at it upside down, it's not. And Zanzer pokes his head around the corner and is like, did you know? <laughs> you know shit ranger? Shit ranger, you say. Myth, myth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>